You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 225. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 225. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hello. Well, hello, beautiful. Today is a big day. Today is a big day. Yes. If you are listening to this podcast... The day it airs, which is October 23rd, this certain set of Smiths, (laughs) this certain set of Smiths, Smiths, say that 10 times fast. Certain set of Smiths, 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 certain set of Smiths. Wow. I got to like seven. I just let you go because, well, I said 10 times fast, not 10 times, but but I appreciate. I was going for 10. I appreciate where you were going with that. Okay. So what we're doing today after that. Is we are moving. We're officially moving today. Today is the day where we are moving everything out of our home into the truck to be stored for over a month as we traipse across the US. And yeah, it's not our home anymore. I know. It's hard not to say that. It's really weird. We're going to be North Carolinians. North Carolinians. Yeah. This rolls right off the tongue, doesn't it? We're going to have some nice Southern hospitality and start saying y'all. I feel I, that already feels natural to it me. It does. I have a feeling I'll probably pick that up pretty damn quick. We tend to record our podcast a little bit early, so we're it is not moving day for us here in real life. Not but in real life. Once this drops in your feed, it will be our moving day. So if you are thinking of us, just send us a lots of love and positive energy, and we we feel really excited. This is an awesome new chapter. It is. It's yeah. exciting. All right. So enough about us. Let's talk about you and what we're going to talk about yeah, today. Yeah, why are we here today? Why are we here? We are going to talk about a topic that came up from one of our brilliant members, audience members of the After Hours Club. Hmm. And I'll tell you about that in a second. And what she wanted to know is how do you know when to stick with something and when it's time to quit? So I need to send a huge warm fuzzy out to this particular podcast listener who gave us this awesome suggestion. So here you are. Warm fuzzy. Yay! Yay. Happy warm fuzzy day. Awesome. Oh my gosh. So thank you for this suggestion. So we're going to talk about when to stick with it and when to quit with it. And that can be really sticky. And it's a lot of times our rational mind really weighs out like a, what you should be doing instead of looking at our emotional mind and what really will bring us fulfillment. And I'm going to kind of separate some of the things that we get lost in when we make these decisions about, do I stick with this job? Do I stick with this degree program? Do I stick with this mentorship that I'm doing? When do I choose to throw in the towel? And when do I actually persevere? Sometimes you follow your heart. Yeah. Sometimes your heart cuts a fart. That's That's the the cosmic cosmic shame. shame. Sometimes you follow your heart. 
Sometimes your heart cuts a fart That's the cosmic shame That's the cosmic shame <laughs> That's the cosmic shame <laughs> Oh my gosh. It, oh, that's a little tenacious D. A little reference. tenacious D. I don't know if anybody happens to be a tenacious D fan, but you're welcome. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, before we get all into when to stick with it and when to quit with it, we should probably pass the mic over to you for a minute. Let's do that. And let's do a little. Would you rather? Yeah. All right. So today's would you rather. If you're a male, would you rather have your grandfather's hairstyle or your grandfather's first name if you're a female would you rather have your grandmother's hairstyle or first name mm. okay th th this one's easy for me <laughs> uh, and so we, most of us can pick between two grandparents two grandmothers yeah 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 all right so on one side so f first of all both hairstyles are a no <laughs> you have the beehive in there somewhere? There, it, It's like your typical average everyday run-the-mill grandmother hairstyle. Curly, okay. short to the head. It's like the- Dyed silver. Well, one was dyed brown her whole oh, life. Still, okay. she's still kicking. And the other one was gray. That name is a no. But, okay, so I am choosing between Emily. Emily? Uh-huh. Oh. Which is totally fine. That's fine. It's super fine. Well, or, then there's- Nelda. Nelda. Oh, Nelda, yeah. It was Neva Nelda. Ooh. Neva Nelda. But Neva Emily, Nelda. Emily went by Dolly her Dolly. whole life. Dolly's cool. Which I, I think Dolly. is super cool. So yeah. I'll take I'll take the Emily slash Dolly. All right. Because that's way better. What about you? Um, well, I'm going between Forrest and James. Oh. Not bad. Well, what's the hair like? Uh, on my dad's side, not good. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's looking pretty bad. <laughs> my grandfather had very little hair, but the hair he did have, he would grow real long on the sides and slick it no, back. No, it's a no. It was not good. No, it's like a Homer not Simpson. Not good. Oh my God. But my other grandfather had pretty nice hair up to when he passed. So what you going to pick? I mean, do you want hair? I mean, you're no, totally no. bald. I'm totally secure with that. Okay. I, I'm deciding whether I want to be called Forrest or Bud. That's right. Because his nickname was Bud. That was his, like, name. Uh, so Bud Smith can or I still, Forrest Smith. Can I still call you Mr. Smith? I like Forrest a lot more. You do? I think Forrest is kind of a dope name, period. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's very retro. It's mm -hmm. very back. Mm -hmm. So what you going to pick? It's very in with this millennial right. crowd. That's right. Um, I think I'd go with Forrest. Okay. Even though I wasn't a fan of that grandfather, I would still go with Forrest. Okay. Well, we would love to know what you would rather. So swing by the After Hours Club where we always talk about the Would You Rather of the Week. I mentioned earlier I would that, love to see some pictures of, of hairstyles. Oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be cool. That's a bonus. We I just mentioned earlier that we have a Facebook group completely free called the After Hours Club that is primarily for audience members, but I do weekly videos where I do additional content and answer your questions. There's always coupon codes floating around for the latest 
class that's going on. It's really kind of a, an exclusive, inclusive club. If you simply find the link in the show notes page, or if you go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club, it will automatically reroute you to the Facebook group and you can come hang out with us and, and chime in on your would you rather of the week, which is always fun. It's fun to see people's rationale. It the is. Re- the reason. Yeah. Plus, we're going to get a lot of really cool names, I bet. Yes. Yeah. Exciting. And That's a fun one. this is where I got the subject for today. This is where I got the topic from today was a audience member in After, in hours, after saying, hours saying, hey, here's something I would really after love. Hours. You to sound off on. Yeah. Mr. Smith <laughs> loves to do that really creepy little jingle every time. <laughs> it's fun for me. Oh, my gosh. All right. So let's talk about how do you know – when to stick with something, and when it's time to quit. The first thing I want you to think about is to analyze your big why. Why do I want to stick with this thing? Or why am I contemplating throwing in the towel, Mm. right? So let's take an example. You had a situation like this ages ago, and I think this is a great example. You were in school to become a physical therapist, And that really was your dream. He was something that he was going after. And at the time, you had funding that was coming through from various sources, and that ended up falling through. Yeah. And so now when there was no easy funding for this path that you were on, you started to question, like, do I really want to go down this path? Or... Is this something that I was always pursuing just because it's what my dad wanted me to do? Mm -hmm. And when you really looked at your big why, like, do I really want to do this as a profession? Do I want – when I see the trajectory of my life following this path, is it like, yes, that's what I want? And ultimately you went, no, I was doing this because my dad really wanted me to do it. And then being kind of forced to analyze that decision, do I stick with it or do I quit with it? It was so clear, like, oh, no, no, this is my dad's passion. This is is what he wanted me to do, not what I really wanted to do. Right. Ironically, that's kind of what I do now. I know. (laughs) And it's come kind of full circle, circle. though. I had to find myself, though. You really did. And you, when you pursued massage therapy as a medium, that was really clear, that this was the method in which you wanted to heal. And then as you grew as a practitioner, it started to evolve into more of a physical therapy umbrella. Yeah. But still, I think to this day, you've said, I'm so glad I'm not bound by all of the restrictions that PTs are bound by. Yeah. Yeah. And you're able to heal so much more freely without red tape. It's true. Right? So – I think if you look at the big picture of why do I really want to do this or what started me down this path, because I also think, you know, for myself, I spent eight years working my way up in a prestige makeup brand and, you know, became a a resident trainer and then a corporate trainer and was climbing up the ranks, right? And for a long time, my big why was this was the way I wanted to impact the world was through making people feel beautiful and training other artists to do the same. And that fueled me for a long time until it didn't. And that's when I had to analyze my big why. Like, does that, the reason why I'm doing this, is it worth it any longer? Is it just for the sake of of checking off a box? Is it just for the sake of an accomplishment? 
Or is it really because that big why still fuels me, still lights my heart on fire? This is good because I don't think people, I think it people have this answer within, but they don't have access to it. That's right. So these are great ways to access those answers. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you're absolutely right. I think what we do far, far more often than not is something that I call the cognitive override, where we have an emotional gut response, like our intuition is telling us like this might not be the right path for you, or this relationship might not be right for you. But we override it with our brain instead of our heart. And we kind of go, well, he looks really good on paper, or he's a really great parent, or we have this home together, or, well, I've already put in four years of education for this. How can I change my major? Or I've already worked in this industry for 20 years. What am I going to do? You know, And all of that is based off of rationale, logistics, operations. Yeah. None of it is based off of fulfillment. None of it is based off of emotional happiness. Yeah. And thrill in that occupation or that degree program or that relationship. Now, I will say that there are far more things, I think, that need analyzed within an intimate partnership of do I stay or do I go. I think there are going to be helpful things here. But a lot of what we're talking about today will be more through the lens of, other items that we're not sure if we should stick with. Do I stick with this program that I'm a part of? Do I stick with this business that I started? Do I stick with this career path, this school? You know, yeah. And I do think that it can be somewhat applicable. I just think there are far more nuances in intimate partnerships. So I just wanted to throw that out there. So analyzing your big why, a couple of questions to ask yourself is, what am I attached to? What am I attached to here? A lot of times what we're attached to is how much effort we've put in thus far. Mm-hmm. And we think, if I throw in the towel, what a waste of time. What a waste of time. So I need to stick with this thing that I really don't want anymore just to make it worth my while. Or to say, uh, I finished what I started. Exactly. Yeah. And that sounds so noble. It does. But you know, are you wasting more time by accomplishing that? If that's something that you have trouble with is finishing what you start, then maybe it is something you should finish just for the sake of, you know, starting that habit, right? But at the same time, you don't want to be continuing to do things that you don't want to do. I really think that can be summed up as at what cost. Yeah. Right? Because we can think, okay, this will be really noble for me to see this to completion if it's not sucking the fucking life out of you. Right. Right? Like if you're going through like a doctoral program and you've realized that all you really want to do is be an artist and you're going, oh my God, I need to finish what I started. But the cost of that is is so emotionally draining right. or unfulfilling. That's well, when it's like, it's not quite worth it. Uh-huh. You can character build in other ways, right? But that's where you have to kind of analyze what is this costing you? Not financially, but oftentimes emotionally and energetically. What is this costing me as far as my emotional currency? I I think that also, like, the older I get, the more that applies. That's right. Because we just don't have fucking time (laughs) for that. We don't have fucking time for that shit. That's right. It needs to fulfill you. Yeah. All right, so analyze your big why. Ask yourself these questions. What am I attached to? And is the attachment to 
just the effort that you've put in thus far, that might be hugely telling that you are locked into something that's ultimately not fulfilling for you. The other question is to ask, who am I doing this for? Is Has this been your dream that you need to kind of unpack and look at, hmm. does this fulfill me any longer? Right. That's what I had to do. Nobody, n- none, nobody in my world was saying you have to continue to grow and you have to continue to cr- climb up the ranks as a you know, makeup artist in the industry, right? right? Nobody was doing that. It was me having to come to terms with this no longer lights my spirit on fire. This is no longer something that fulfills me. Now there's other people who you might be the first person who went to college and your parents are like, you can't quit because it's about them, right? right? So you might be getting feedback from parents co-workers who want you to continue to grow in the company, who are guilting you into pursuing higher levels in your occupation. It could be your children. It could be any number of things. But let's not get it twisted. This is about what brings you happiness. So please start excavating this and looking at, is this for me or am I being influenced by outside parties? Mm -hmm. All right. Good. Number two This is sort of a tweak on the whole pros and cons idea. And I like to call it a weighted pros and cons list. And like, so let's say that you're thinking about changing careers. You have been an engineer for 20 years. You Let's say you have a, a various degrees, master's degrees in engineering. You've put forth so much time and effort, and you're trying to weigh out, should I completely change career paths? Maybe you want to start your own wellness center. I don't know. Or you want to become a yoga practitioner and you want to open your own studio, health and wellness, Pilates, whatever. Total departure from engineering. Total departure from that two decades, right? So you would put a pros and cons list together, but you're going to wait out all of those items, right? Because you could put something on a pros list of the pros are, I'm an authority in this industry, staying with the engineering job. That might get one star. Like okay. it doesn't oh, mean it doesn't okay. mean that much to me. So you can use whatever scale you want, scale of one to five. For our purposes today, I'm just using a three star system. One star being, eh, it's it's sort of a pro, right? Two stars being, yeah, it's a little more important to me. Three stars being like, this is a really significant pro. Yeah. Or this is a really significant con. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you do that for both of your options. You do that for the engineering job. You do that for switching careers. So something like if you're switching careers and starting, you know, this yoga practice, a huge con might be a three-star instability of finances, financial instability. That's a big risk, right? Sure. But then on the opposite side, you might have a three-star Wait for your cons list of staying in engineering of total unhappiness. Right. Like every day I get up and I dread going to this. Yes, I have the stability, but it's three stars of energy draining. Mm -hmm. Three, maybe even more of what it's costing you. So instead of it just looking at, looking at a pros and cons and going, okay, this side has more items or this side has more items. You go, oh, no, this has more items that are three stars or this has more items that are far more important. That's a good list. I like that. 
And you can kind of tweak that and play around with that, whatever makes the most sense to you. But it helps you understand that you could have a shit ton of things on a cons list. But when you look at them, they're all like one star. Like, yeah. oh, I could deal with that. I could deal with that. I could you might that. have half of that on the other side, but they're two and three star. Exactly. Right. And you're like, these are way more heavily have weighted. More gravity, yeah. Exactly. I think that's a wildly more efficient way to weigh out the impact on you, the energetic importance of these decisions. Yeah. Because that helps cater to the emotional side of it instead of just that rational cognitive side. It's like, yeah, it would be nice to be close to work, but does that matter that much to me? Eh, that's a one. I don't mind driving because I can listen to the Joy Junkie show. <laughs> you know, not as that not of a big deal. But if we just look at them all, it's like, whoa, so many cons. Right. Weigh out your pros and cons list. That's number two. Number three, really start asking yourself, is this about the end result or is this about the journey? Is it the end result that I don't want or is it the journey that's fucking hard? Interesting. Okay. I'll give you an example, two two really clear examples for me. When I thought about leaving my career in makeup artistry, I was a corporate trainer. I was traveling a lot. I had an assistant. I had, by all, all the standards, a really great, high, you know, big girl job, right? <laughs> big girl job, I had yeah. a big girl job. And when I started looking at what it cost me energetically to stay, it was really expensive. It was costing me so much of my personal currency of happiness. It didn't matter what I was being paid. It didn't matter the clout. It didn't matter the authority. It didn't matter how much time I had spent in it. When I thought about the end result of leaving, of being able to have the freedom with my time, even if that meant financial instability or uncertainty or risk, it was so clear to me that the end result was so worth it. Like, yes, I would so much rather be without this career than with this career yeah. and take the emotional challenges that came with it, the cost sure. to my happiness that came with it, right? Yeah. So it was looking at that end result like, yeah, no. When I think about actually having my own business or going into a completely different career field, oh my God, that is way more of a hell yes than staying with this company. Now- juxtapose that against my journey as a coach. There have been plenty of times over the last decade, you've seen them a ton of times, where the journey of creating this business has been hellacious. Yeah. And I've tried new marketing tactics or a new thing on my website or a new thing with Facebook ads or a new this or that, and it didn't work. Right. And the journey was fucking hard. And then I would ball my eyes out and I'd be like, do I need to quit? Should I just throw in the towel? Should I just throw in the towel? But when I thought about the end result, like really having a thriving coaching practice the way I wanted it, that still was very much a lighting a fire to me. Yeah. That was still like, yes, no, I want the end re result. The journey's just hard. So right. yes, I want to persevere. And it makes you appreciate it that much more when you do finally get to that point. Right. Like, man, that was, that was tough, but I'm so glad we're here. Exactly. And that's what kept me going through those times was that I really did believe in that end result, right? Yeah. It wasn't, it, yes, the journey was hard, but I still wanted the light at the end of the tunnel. 
juxtaposed against that first scenario that I was telling you, the journey was challenging and the end result didn't yield any light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. I just saw further misery down that path. Yeah. Financial stability, sure. But at what cost? Further misery. Exactly. That's what you really have to weigh out. Is it about the end result that I don't want? Do I not even want a career in that field? Do I not even want a degree in this particular field of study? Do I not even want to move to that country? Or is it that the journey getting there is so challenging and riddled okay. with obstacles? Got it. Yeah? Okay. Number four, be very careful and very vigilant with whom you consult. Mm-hmm. The people who you consult have so much power to sway you if you are in that perpetual place of weighing everybody else's opinion as being more valid than you, right? So if you tend to take people's opinion as gold, then you need to be extra vigilant about this. Uh, if I may, I think it's it's easy just to think about this person cares about me and they're giving me advice that they think is good for me. Right. But whenever I'm getting even unsolicited or solicited advice from someone, I always think about what's their motive really? Mm-hmm. Or what's their experience? Yeah. What do they what do they have that would lead them to that advice? And do I want to adopt that for myself? Well, I, I think the knowing the motive helps. Yeah. Whether they're you know, if I'm hiring somebody, I'm like, they have the motivation because they have a stake in what I do. Right. Right? Like if I say, you know, you get a profit share if we do this the right way, their motivation is to, I want, I want to make that money, right? Mm-hmm. So they're going to be on your side and make the choices that help you. But if it's just grandma, you know, that's, she's just, she loves you. She cares about you. But what does she know about the business that you're trying to accomplish necessarily, right? Well, I would also argue that sometimes people's motivation well, all the time, people's motivation is impaired by their own limiting beliefs. True. For instance, yeah, exactly. you could have somebody like grandma, your sister, your best friend who totally only wants your happiness. But the idea of you taking all your savings and throwing it into a yoga practice, right. they're going to be operating from their limited beliefs of that's not smart their own money s- stories, their own thoughts and beliefs about the state so of the true. economy. So people can be totally in service of you and love you and want your best life and still operate from a motivation of fear, scarcity, lack. That's not possible. Right. Wow. Yeah, you're right. You're totally right. And and using this same example, if I have somebody that I've hired and is making a profit off of what I do and they have limiting beliefs, even if they're really motivated to make that money, those belief systems are getting in their way. Right. So- Yeah, that's a great place to come from. I like that. I feel like I have a a select few people in my world. You're one of them. My best friend is one of them. My coach is one of them. Where I feel like I could bring an issue like this and consult the three of you and probably my brother too and have you talk to me from a perspective of possibility, of grand possibility and not from a place of limitation and scarcity lack exactly and that the three of you would point me toward my personal fulfillment or what Mm -hmm. will bring you happiness or 
what do you need from me or how can I support you best instead of, well, you can't do that because that's not the state of the economy and have you done your due diligence and have you did it and just really point me toward following my heart and being smart about it. That's what I mean by really watching who you, who you consult for sure or consult. I don't know why my inflection in that is weird. (laughs) (laughs) You got English on us there for a second. They just know people are going to be giving you advice based off of their limited beliefs or their motivation even. Mm -hmm. And for instance, if you are searching out advice about, let's say, do I stick with this doctoral program? And you're talking to somebody who is affiliated with the college that you're going to, and they need students to stay enrolled in order to make their certain quotas then you need to weigh that into account. Is this somebody who I can trust, an unbiased opinion, who is really going to champion my biggest life and my best decisions? That's what I mean. Watch who you consult with. All right. Number five, feel into it. Martha Beck calls this shackles on, shackles off. You can also think of it like when I think about continuing down this path and working towards that degree or changing that career or doing whatever it is, does it feel like you're diving into a pool of mud or diving into a pool of pristine, beautiful, gorgeous water? And yes, it might be jarring. And yes, it might take a little bit of swim practice, but you still want to do it. You still want to reach the other side. Or does it feel like, oh my God, the idea of going after this shit just feels like I'm going through mud. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. This is the woo-woo hippie shit. This is the energetic piece. And this is where if you tend towards the rationale, if you tend toward the analytical, we tend to override this. And we tend to not look at how things feel. So for some of you, it might be a different muscle to flex. One of the things that I started doing is figuratively placing each decision in, in a palm of each hand and feeling into what that feels like. So if if you're able to do this, do this. If you're driving, don't do this. <laughs> but it's almost like, okay, you're holding your hands out and in one palm, you have, let's say, stick with this doctoral program. Stick with this path, continue on, and you just feel what that feels like. Like what, does it feel heavy? Does it feel contractive? Does it feel like shackles on? Does it feel like mud? Or does it feel like, no, I can fucking do this. I can, I really can. I, I know it's just hard right now. Like what's the energetic feeling? And then on the other side, you think, what if I were to quit this program tomorrow? Hmm. What does that feel yeah. like? Does that feel expansive? Does that feel like I'm diving into a pool of fresh water? Does it feel liberating? Or does that feel heavy and lethargic? And that that might take you a while until you have a clear feeling of both. So it might be something that you continue to to try to do and feel into because for some of you, it might feel exactly the same on both sides. Mm-hmm. So it's well, a, this is just one tool, right? Exactly. So you can use this tool in with the other tools and say, okay, well, that one was even. The, the pros and cons list, this one wins. You know, like you can kind of like use these tools as a gauge as well. That's exactly right. Yeah. So if that one, if you kind of come up against opposing feelings or or it, it doesn't feel as easy, yeah, you can you can look at, oh my God, I've been doing this this whole time because of what I think society will view me as. Yeah. If I become a doctor, then I must be valuable. I must be worthy. I'm doing this because of how I think I'll be perceived, not because it's my life's work or because it's something that I'm fulfilled by. 
you know, if you put this much effort into making this decision, you're going to make the right one. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. And if you value your own energy and if you value your own opinion and your own happiness and your own self-worth, then yeah, you will. Yeah. But if you continue to be worried about what everybody else thinks or, oh my God, well, I spent way too much time. Spending a bunch of time in something is just a learning experience. It's not a reason to stick with something. Okay. It is not. Just like a relationship. Right? Exactly. <laughs> you don't stay in a toxic relationship just because it's tenured. Right. You go, no, I want to live the rest of my life in a better place. So if it's anything related to time, you need to find a better reason. If that's one of the reasons, okay, fine. But the other reasons need to also be because it fulfills you, because mm. it makes you happy. If it's just tenure, honey, there's your answer. No, get rid of it. Done. Move on. You have an, a life to create. And you only have one. Exactly. Yeah. Number six, this is the final one. And we've talked about this a lot. Is just to ask yourself, what is the cost? What is the cost? Not just financially, logistically, energetically, spiritually. All of those things have a, a place here because they affect your happiness. A colleague of mine, Elizabeth D'Alto, says, asks if things are emotionally expensive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We think so much about... The financial, financial cost. sure. But when I think back to that scenario I gave you about sticking with my career in makeup, oh my God, it was emotionally expensive. Yes. It was emotionally devastating. Yep. I, there was no way I could afford that job anymore. <laughs> Does that make sense? Totally. Emotionally, I could not afford it. Yes. That's what you have to look at in this relationship, in that schooling, career change, relocating. Can you emotionally afford it? That's great. I really like Isn't that. Isn't that too. great? Yeah. That's not mine. That's Elizabeth D'Alto. I'll, I'll link to her in the show notes in case you want to check out her work. But yeah, I think that's such a great way to put it because we don't think about it mm -hmm. in those terms. All right. So to recap, analyze your big why. What are you attached to and who are you doing this for? Create a weighted pros and cons list. That's number two. Number three, is this about the end result or is this just about the journey, that the journey is challenging? And that can also be the case with relationships too, yeah. that communication is hard or figuring out how you both honor how you feel in the household operations is hard or, or dealing with children, career change. All of that stuff is hard. You can decide, is this, do I want the end result and just the journey is hard? So that's a place to, to hmm. look. Number okay. four, being really careful with who with whom you consult. Number five, feeling into it. Does it feel shackles on or shackles off? And number six, is it worth the cost? Financial, emotional, spiritual, and otherwise. And that should help you know if you need to stick with it or quit with it. I'm telling you, if you if you've gone through this, you have a pretty solid idea of what your answer is. I think so. Yeah. And I think. Not only that, but it touches on everyone. Like some people are more analytical. Right. Some people are more, more emotional. Some people, you know, like everybody's got their own way of like, even, even like kinesthetics. Yeah. Putting things in one hand and then the other. Right. So you hit everybody's. Um, learning sense. Learning sense. Yeah. Learning style. Yep. Uh, by doing those. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also important for people, even if you are like, let's say a kinesthetic person. 
to audibly and visually do something to get you out of that normal pattern of kinesthetic decision-making. That's right. That's absolutely right. And I, you know, something that just dawned on me too, is that I think a lot of times with these situations, we get really locked in the, I don't know, I don't know what to do, but I don't know what to do, but I don't know what to do. Instead of actually doing these exercises, actually looking at who you consult with, actually looking at what is your big why, actually doing a pros and cons list. You've got to get beyond the, I don't know what to do. That is a vicious cycle that will keep you complacent every time. I would think more people would be in the in the boat of just letting everything snowball around in their head. Yeah. You know, just like going from one thing to the next and and not really having a, it's too blurry, right? Not having clear vision. This provides a lot more clear vision. Yeah. And I think one of those things that's clouded around in their head that swims around in their head a lot of times is I don't know what to do. Right. You know, that's a lot of times the self-talk. Or having too many decisions. Too many decisions, caring too much what other people think. So this, I think, distills it down to what is most important, which is your fucking happiness. Totally. Great podcast. Your fulfillment. That's the most important thing. Not how much time you've spent in it. Not what mom thinks about it. How fulfilled you are. Good listener submission. Absolutely. Absolutely. Really great. Really great. And I think that's everything. Anything else you wanted to say? I think I've said plenty. Please come and (laughs) hang out with us over at the After Hours Club. Again, you can find that link in the show notes. And if you haven't done so already, we would really, really appreciate it if you would leave us an iTunes review. You can also very easily find instructions to do so on the show notes page, and it'll take you exactly where you need to go. That means the world to us. It, What it does in iTunes is it gives us more visibility, a higher ranking so that more people are able to view this podcast, which enables me to continue to do this for free. So I would really, really appreciate if you just take a little bit of time to leave a, an iTunes review. Much, much appreciated. Otherwise, we're going to have to charge y'all. That's right. Or have a bunch of sponsorships or shit like that. Right, 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 right. And we may in the future, I don't know, I want to continue to give this as much as free as I can. And yeah, so we'll see. But we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out.